With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Excuse me. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Prayer International Radio. I am your host for tonight and tomorrow night, Sean Holmberg. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, Monday night. Father, Lord, tonight. Lord, we humbly ask for your presence to fill our houses, to fill our offices, wherever anyone is listening. Father, that right there, your presence would be manifested. Your word declares that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. There is peace in the presence of the Lord. Father, I ask tonight that you turn our eyes and our head away from our troubles, the things we're facing. Father, and for this short time, Lord, turn our eyes towards you. Turn our hearts towards you, our intentions, our desires, our passions. Abba, Father, that we can seek your face in spirit and in truth. Father, we lay aside the contents of our lives, knowing that according to your word, you know exactly who we are. You know our circumstances. You know our faults. You know our failures, our shortcomings. You know our hearts above everything. Father, you see the hearts inside of us, the desire to serve you. Father, though we at times lack understanding in the way your hand is moving in this world, in our own lives, Father, we yield to the knowledge that you are the great I am, as you said to Moses when he asked, who do I say is sending me? And you said, I am that I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yahweh. The great, amazing, and awesome God that we serve. Creator of heaven and earth. Who by your own purpose, for your own pleasure, since your son, to die for the ungodly. Father, that you could redeem mankind to yourself through the shedding of his blood. Father, and after you had redeemed us from the curse of the law, from the curse of sin, Father, you raised Jesus Christ up from the dead, declaring your power and majesty in all things. And we know that you have the power, Father, to not only raise us up, but to have us reign with you in heavenly places. Father, we choose, Lord, to live our lives according to what your word declares. Father, not according to what our emotions dictate, 
not according to what our eyesight dictates, not according to our own counsel or our own understanding, Lord. Father, but we choose to surrender to you. Father, that you can be glorified in us. Your word declares that we are vessels. Father, that you have crafted it that you are molding, that you are shaping into the image of your Son. Father, we choose to worship you, not for what you can do for us, not for glory, anything like that. Father, not that we get a pat on the back, or any reward, Father. For as your word declares, you have become our exceeding great reward. You alone are our reward, our treasure. Declare that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the Holy Spirit you have given to us to declare unto us your heart, to reveal to us your thoughts toward us, to declare your word is true and not a lie. Father, and I ask that you would begin to remove the veil of flesh over our eyes. Lord, though we see dimly, Father, I ask that you would give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, that we would know what is the hope of your calling. Father, that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. According to that power which you worked in Christ Jesus, when you raised him from the dead, seated him at your right hand, Father, and then gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that he is Lord. You know, the word of God declares, and we're going to skip around a little bit tonight. You know, it says in Second um, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit. Start at chapter 2. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, 
but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they had known, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received the spirit, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You know, it seems um, um apologize if this comes out the wrong way or if it sounds harsh, because I don't mean it to be. Um, you know, I, ha- I was having a conversation the other day um, about um, end-time prophecy, and um, there was a... Um, well-known rabbi in Israel who um, who died and he was really respected and he wasn't born again um, pure Jewish and sort of like Paul before his um, encounter with Jesus and as we know when you encounter him something's going to change drastically dramatically forever and much like Paul, this rabbi um, had an encounter with Yeshua, with Jesus. And he wrote it down on a piece of paper and gave it to his um, friends. And he told them not to open it for a year. And on that piece of paper, he wrote that Jesus was the Savior. Jesus was <clears throat> the Messiah. And he also said the Lord was going to come back soon, which we know because Jesus himself declared, I come quickly. And he said that soon after um, Ariel Sharon died, that Jesus would return. And, you know, regardless of what you think about prophecy, um, I know we have a great many different people who listen to our shows and from all over the world, every corner of this planet, um, we're always amazed at the far reaches even of the internet. But regardless of what you know about prophecy, um, you know, God reveals himself to different ways to different people. Um, because he knows best what it takes for each individual person for their hearts to be changed. He knows just what key it takes to unlock the doors of people's hearts that have been hardened and built up with the things of the world so that his light can shine in and reveal himself to them. 
And for the Jewish people, you know, they're still waiting for the Messiah because their eyes haven't been opened yet to understand. They don't have the revelation from the same word that declares that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus was the Messiah who died on the cross for the sins of the world to redeem men from sin, that we could have eternal life, and that he rose from the dead. And they didn't understand it back then, and the majority of them still don't understand it today. And for a well-known Jewish rabbi, much like Paul, to stand up and say that Jesus is the Messiah is a big thing, because while people may not immediately jump up in arms and agree with him, um, they're going to know he said it. And it's going to prick their heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anytime the word of God is declared, anytime the word of God goes out, his word declares my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. And, you know, his word will go out to people, to nations. And you know, you don't always see the harvest and the fruit of it right away. Because sometimes a seed is just getting planted. Sometimes it's watering. And it seems that the watering process is the longest process. Um, or even, for some people, just getting the seed planted. But there will be a harvest, because the things that he has started, he'll complete. Paul said, I am convinced that, what he, has, that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so... Um, this rabbi declared that um, Jesus was a Messiah. He um, spoke that um, soon after the death of Ariel's throne that the Messiah would come. And, you know, Ariel, I mean, Ariel's throne was in a coma. Um, I believe he had a hemorrhagic stroke or brain aneurysm or something like that. And, you know, for eight years he's been in a coma, and then just the other day he passed away. And so... Regardless of whether that means Jesus is coming back tomorrow or that he's coming back in a year or three or four years or a decade or a hundred years, it makes no difference because time is irrelevant to the Lord. And I say that in, when you, in the sense that you have to get out of your concept of what time is and understand what eternity is, understand what's at stake in eternity. You know, the Bible says that no flesh would survive, no one would, no, none of the elect would survive if he hadn't cut the day short, but it also says that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And any is, means all, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. The Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, desires that everyone come to repentance. And he is long-suffering and patient, faithful to fulfill his word from generation to generation. And, you know, there's a great many things that happen in the world that we can't understand, we can't comprehend. Um, the Lord does reveal things to us through his spirit. but. Um, one issue with prophecy, um, with all people, is they hear prophecy, especially if it's one that pertains to them, 
and they want it immediately. They want to grasp this prophecy and this declaration from the Lord, and they want it right now. But they don't always realize that there's a process to his word being completed in your life. It could be an act of obedience. It could be a season that you're in, and that God needs to move you from one season to another season to get you into the place to fulfill his word in you. Because a lot of times we hear a word from the Lord, we receive a word from the Lord, and we believe the word from the Lord, but just because we receive it, declare it, and believe it doesn't mean it's a word for this season. Sometimes it is a process like in the life of Abraham where he said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless your descendants, they're going to be as many as the multitude of the stars and the sand on the beach. And, you know, he was a very old man before him and his wife Sarah conceived their son Isaac. And, you know, for some of us in these days, I mean, it was almost like a lifetime had passed. Um, they were far beyond the um, age at which their bodies could theoretically produce children. But it doesn't matter, theoretically, what we're capable of doing in the flesh, because we don't walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. We walk according to the power of faith and the power of believing Him who declared something. The Scripture declares that... Um, it says, I'm confident that he is able to complete that which he started. And so, you know, past 2,000 years, um, men have been waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, Jesus himself saying, I, I'm, I return quickly. Um, you know, it says in um, Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says, and this is talking about right after... Um, Jesus was resurrected and ascended into heaven. It says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. You know, that's such an amazing um, passage. Um, let me go back just a little bit. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. For the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, it's not enough for him to cleanse of our sins. He wants to birth us in fire. He wants us to become alive, to burn his desires and passions in us to make us alive on the inside for his Holy Spirit to come in and to reside inside of us. And he says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And they're still looking back on the scripture and, you know, and a limited understanding of what the word declared about salvation and eternal life and the victory that we have in him. They're, they had the idea in mind of liberty and of victory, but it was on such a small scale. And far too often, we as Christians believe the Lord, but our visions and our dreams and our aspirations of what the Lord is going to do in our lives are so small. 
that we set the ceiling for God and we're like, okay, this is what you're going to, this is what you're going to do. This is awesome. And you're almost blown away by it without realizing that the height of our expectation, the height of our ability to believe and to comprehend and to understand what he's, he can do is so minuscule, so small compared to what his power is capable of. You know, I just want to speak this out to you regardless of what situation you're in. You know, maybe it's you have bills that need to be paid or you have a relationship issue or whatever else. And you're believing the Lord for a victory and you're believing the Lord for a breakthrough. You're believing the Lord to resurrect something in your life. Well, I want you to believe even more than that. I want you to believe that he is capable of anything far above what you can comprehend. Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. It says in Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. It's his desire to bless his children. It's his desire to prosper. It's his desire to fulfill a plan for our lives, which is so greater than anything we can possibly comprehend or understand. It says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus is declaring to them, you know, the end is going to come. He had already spoken to them many times and said that there would be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars, but the end has not come yet. And look at this sign, and there's this sign of the fig tree. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're at the end. Is, is this it? Um, is this when it is? And Jesus is like, no, no, back up. We're not there yet. There's still a harvest. I know you want it now, and we're all going to stand before him someday. We're all going to be in eternity with him. But there's a harvest. Lift up your eyes and look, and behold, the fields are white and ready. And Jesus is telling them, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you are going to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we, as a body of believers, as Christians, um, have just barely begun to scratch the surface of that. We all have our, um, how do I put it, we all have the things that, the visions that we have and the things that we want to do and um, we want to have this ministry and this ministry and we want to accomplish this and this. But all the ministries, all the giftings are pointless if they're not used for the one purpose of winning the loss, of reconciling people to the Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The biggest churches, the greatest worship bands, the greatest orators and speakers, the people who can go out and really 
preach and deliver a good message and, you know, all that stuff. People who have gift of healings and who can work miracles and people who can prophesy and declare the word of the Lord. And, you know, places in Mexico and in Africa where people are still raised from the dead to this day through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of that is nothing if it's not if it's not for the purpose of pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything, every gift, every calling, every talent that the Father has given us is to be used to reveal Him to the world. Every action, every word we speak, every move we make is to declare His loving kindness his compassion and his faithfulness, his forgiveness to the world. And even though Jesus had said all this to them, they turned around and in verse 9 it says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. <coughs> Excuse me. And while they were looking steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so then they returned to the upper room because they stood looking into heaven. And if you can imagine the disciples having seen everything, having... Um, Seeing the Lord do so much, all of a sudden are um, just stomping their feet, or tapping their feet, um, looking around, thinking, okay, any second now, any second now, he's going to come back, and we'll just stand here, and we'll show how faithful we are, that we're waiting for him. But they didn't realize that what they were supposed to be doing is going to, number one, get filled with his presence, spend time with him, get in the prayer room, get in your prayer closet, until you've heard from him, until you receive the revelation of his calling and purpose in your life. And then after you've done that, you go out and you do the work of an evangelist, you do the work of a minister. The Bible declares that we are ambassadors to Christ, God reconciling the world through us. And so, you know, the end is going to come, going to return. Make no doubt about that. Whether it's before the rapture, I mean, I'm sorry, whether it's there's a rapture before the tribulation, or whether it's after the tribulation, it doesn't matter because there's still a harvest out there there's still people out there who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and if every message that every preacher every missionary declares from this moment until the time that he returns if every message is just the salvation 
and redemption we have through Jesus Christ, that he died for the sins of man, then it would be enough. Because in the end, that's all that matters, is the harvest. Sometimes, we have to um, lay aside the way we see things. Um, lay aside um, our expectations of what God is capable of. And stop listening to everybody else declare the word of the Lord to us. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to pastors and preachers and everything. Um, but I'm saying your first source, your first stop when you want to hear from the Lord or to hear what the Lord said, your first stop shouldn't be to church. It shouldn't be the television um, evangelist. It should be the Bible. It should be your prayer closet. It should be you on your knees with your Bible seeking the face of the Lord, hearing from him first. You know, Jesus taught <clears throat> through example and through what he declared to his disciples. You know, that he said, I, I don't pray that, uh, I don't say that you should ask me and I'll answer, but you can ask the Father and he'll um, answer your prayers. And, you know, they constantly saw Jesus going out, spending time alone with the Father before he would go out and do anything. And constantly showing them, declaring unto them what is possible when he said the kingdom has come. We talk about them on the boat and the waves being boisterous and, you know, they wake up Jesus because they're afraid and Jesus rebukes them for their lack of faith because they thought they were perishing, number one, because <clears throat> they didn't trust God with their own lives. And number two, because they could have calmed the waves themselves because they already had the authority in them because he had already sent them out and given them authority. But they couldn't see it. Because they were still thinking with what they thought, with what they could perceive. And, you know, we really, more and more as the day approaches, more and more as the world becomes exceedingly corrupt. And, you know, I, I remember growing up and um, thinking about how how great it would be that someday, you know, he's going to return and everything's going to be perfect. And, you know, there's going to be this mass evangelism move and people like crazy were going to go out preaching the gospel and everybody's going to get saved. But the reality is not everybody's going to get saved. The reality is the world isn't going to all of a sudden get better. They're not going to immediately fall on their knees to declare he is Lord. They will someday. The world is going to become exceedingly corrupt. The Bible declares, as the day of Noah, so shall it be um, at the day of his return. In the day of Noah, they was, in the day of Noah, they were busy drinking and getting married and having fun and partying and not really paying attention to the times, assuming that judgment was so far off and that he's so far away, it doesn't really matter what they do. 
until he came like a thief and destroyed the world and saved only one man and his family. And the Bible declares that in the in the end it's going to be the same way, just like the days of Noah. And so if you look around, um, more and more, the worse it gets. It's almost a confirmation the closer he comes. It sounds weird to say that, but it's true. Um, there's always going to be people who need the Lord everywhere you go. I am convinced you can't go into a gas station without finding someone who needs the Lord Jesus. You can't walk down the street. You can't go to school. You can't go to your job. There's going to be someone who doesn't know the Lord. Um, what it takes are men and women and children who are willing to step out of their little bubble, take a step of faith, walk up to someone, and ask them if they know the Lord. And if they say yes, well, great. Then you can rejoice in the Lord with them. If they say no, then you declare to them the God in whom you serve. If you're in the mall and you see someone who's sick, someone who has a broken leg or sitting in a wheelchair, um, well, what does the scripture says? The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. It says if we ask anything in his name, he'll, he'll do it. So there you go. Someone's sick, someone's in a wheelchair, someone has an issue, whatever it is. Walk over, lay your hands on them, clear the word of the Lord over them. And allow the Father to move through you. Allow him to confirm his word with signs and wonders. Because isn't that what the scripture says? The scripture says the disciples went out declaring the word of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit followed confirming the word with signs and wonders. And what we need these days are men and women who are willing to not only proclaim the word, but allow him to confirm the word with signs and wonders. Not be embarrassed, not being afraid of what the world will think, not being afraid of their faces, for greater is he that is in us than he that is with the world. And understanding our place and the authority that we have in Christ Jesus to bring a change into this world, because when he declared that the kingdom of God had come, it wasn't that it was coming, it was that it was already here is that he died, rose from the dead, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and declared all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Here you go. My disciples, go into the world declaring the good news. Proclaim the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. Far too often we we know we have freely received, but we want to hold on to it because we're afraid we won't have anything left because we don't understand that when we drink from him and we drink from the goodness, when we drink from his word and his spirit fills us, it's not that this water is going to run out, but it becomes a river of everlasting water springing up into eternal life to water the nation. To water your family, to water your friends, to water your communities. The city that's set on a hill can't be hidden. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what he said? This is in Isaiah um, chapter 55. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, everyone 
come to the waters. And you, who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Time to stop working for what you already have and to enter into the rest of the Lord and to the completed work of the cross of Jesus Christ that declares better things than that of the Old Covenant. It says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Decline your ear and come to me Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God. And the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and He will have mercy on him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. And He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and does not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up a cypress tree, and instead of a briar shall come up a myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And these very precarious last times that we're in. Let us glorify you. Father, let us not be ashamed or afraid of what the world may think. Father, but give us boldness to proclaim your name to the nations. To declare that there is a Savior whose name is Christ Jesus who died for the sins of the world, that we may all have eternal life through him. 
Father, remove every mountain that stands in front of us. Or reveal to us, Lord, how you're going to cause us to rise above the mountain. Father, reveal to us what your word declares when it says, Greater are those that are with us than them that are with the world. Father, reveal to us your righteousness. Reveal to us your goodness. Reveal your glory to us, Lord. That we may know you. As Paul said, that we may know the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. Father, let us be conformed into your image. Transform us into intercessors. Lord, transform us into worshipers. Your word declares that you have put eternity on the heart of men. Father, we seek your face, desiring to hear your word, desiring to know your heart, that you would speak your heart for the nations to us. Lord, that your hand would go out and touch this earth, every leader, every child, every man, every woman, Father, that you would reveal yourself to be the great I am, our Savior.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.